Hi guys, I'm glad you're tuning in with me today. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are. My name is Kieran. I create DeFi and crypto videos to make sure that you are ready for the next bull run. I've got a boatload of interesting information here to share with you. First of all, a few warnings concerning cryptocurrency scams. I'm sure you've been seeing those on YouTube and now recently also on Twitter. I also want to share some information about the Ethereum 2.0 validator clients. Exciting news about that. Ethereum scaling, decentralized organizations, and a little bit about um, decentralized finance. So quite a lot of interesting information I'm sure you'll find valuable. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit that red subscribe button so that I can send you notifications as soon as I make new episode for you. I make them weekly, sometimes a few a week, depends on my schedule. So let's start with the cryptocurrency scams. I don't want to dwell too much on those, just as a quick warning. Now recently, I think just happened yesterday, many Twitter accounts popular Twitter accounts have been hacked. Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Apple, many other popular Twitter accounts have been hacked. Maybe it was an API that was compromised. No one's sure. But there's also many cryptocurrency accounts that have been hacked on Twitter. Some popular ones such as a Binance account. And the biggest problem with these hacks is that automatically as soon as the account is hacked, a certain variation of a cryptocurrency scam gets tweeted out. So the most common one is um, send me one BTC and then you'll get two BTC back. Unfortunately, many people still do fall into these scams. Now, the other thing is that's also been popping up quite a lot recently and many cryptocurrency scammers are placing crypto scams as ads. I'm not really sure why YouTube has not done anything because of that. And I hope they will take action soon. So now you've been warned, hopefully you don't fall into one of these scams because um, yeah, no one's gonna give you the double amount of your cryptocurrency if you send them some ETH or any other type of cryptocurrency. Now for Ethereum 2.0, I've got some very great news. So I've already talked a lot about the Prism validator client. I made a, a few installation guides. Now it's been chugging along pretty good on the Altona testnet and Quantstamp, a cryptocurrency auditing team has given the Prism validator client the green light for Ethereum 2.0 phase zero. That means there's nothing stopping the Prism Validator client from validating on the official Ethereum 2.0. Now, the only thing that we have to wait is for the other free Validator clients also to get the green light from auditing teams. So Ethereum 2.0 client Prism is basically ready. That means the Validator client Prism has received a technical thumbs up from Quantstamp, which is fantastic. Recently, there was an AMA on Reddit. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. And many Ethereum 2.0 researchers could be bombarded with questions. One of the more popular questions I'm sure you also have is when Ethereum 2.0 phase year is going to launch. And one developer called Justin Drake said that given a lack of client diversity and testing the network, it would likely not launch in 2020 and only in 2021. So he gives an estimation of uh, January 3rd, 2021, 
which is definitely a dis- disappointment because many people, me included, hope that Ethereum 2.0 would launch in at the end of July. Um, however, Vitalik is uh, of a different opinion. He thinks that it will manage to launch at the end of November, regardless of level of readiness. Now, I do know that sounds a bit risky, launching the phase zero if it's not ready. But the way that I understood it is that on Ethereum 2.0 phase zero, there are no critical applications. So as long as the beacon chain is running perfectly, the other aspect can still be implemented at a later stage. He also doesn't see much reason to delay the Ethereum 2.0 phase zero launch much more than what they needed for the Ethereum 1.0 launch. I mean, even if you look at Ethereum 1.0, they still had to do a lot of upgrades along the road. So it's going to be the same thing with Ethereum 2.0. I think being cautious is important, but overly cautious might mean that they miss the boat. Still with Ethereum 1.0 at the moment, many people are still suffering from the high fees. I'm definitely suffering from the high fees. I like to use different smart contracts, but the fees are just killing me. And there are a few options to get free fees, but they're not that great because they're not wallet agnostic. That means you can't just use any type of Ethereum wallet. You have to use a specific wallet and these wallets are not very um, decentralized. They're more centralized options. So I'm not really a fan of that. But Matic is offering a little bit of relief in the space. Frustrations of Ethereum 2.0 delay eased by Matic testnet speed. So yeah, this is definitely great. I've been following Matic network for quite a while and they're developing a layer two scaling solution on Ethereum. And they revealed results of their counter stake testnet stress testing over an under, under, over an uninterrupted two month period, the team claims the network achieved speeds up to 7,200 TPS per second. And this is fantastic. I mean, me personally, I'd be really happy with um, 7,000 TPS. It means that many people can use their dApps without a problem. And of course, with a much higher transaction per second rate, that means that the network is less likely to be clogged and the fees are going to be lower. So great overall. During the stress testing, 122 validators were active and running validator sentry nodes. Thus, the network was truly decentralized, ensuring reliable results. I'm really happy that many third party software companies are developing layer two scaling solutions. So now we've got Matic, we've got a few, I might make a video on all the different types of layer two scaling solutions that are available, their pros and cons. And that definitely is a lot of relief for users, avid users that just want to use different DeFi apps. I mean, it can be possible that me, when I'm wanting to buy some token sets, that I'm paying $15 in fees just to run a smart contract. And I've, I've read from a few user accounts, some comments on my videos that depending on how clogged up the network is, you'll be like paying blindly massive amounts of fees if you use uh, several smart contracts one after the other. So if you've got like 
depending on what kind of coins you buy, it automatically goes through for maybe three or four different smart contracts. And then you'll be paying maybe $25 in fees just for one transactions. And unless you like transacting with 10,000 US dollars, because the fees say more or less the same, well, it's going to eat into a large amount of your profit. So if you're just sending $100 around, then that's uh, going to be a massive hit to your small portfolio. There's a new book that came out called The Infinite Machine. If you're interested in Ethereum, the history of Ethereum, I'm pretty sure you'll find it interesting. I haven't read it yet, so I can't really give you any feedback on it, but I'll definitely read it. And there's apparently also an audiobook version. I'm a big fan of audiobooks. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's going to be an exciting read. I mean, the extract already seems enticing. The story of Ethereum begins with Vitalik Buterin, a supremely gifted 19-year-old autodetect who saw the promises of blockchain when the technology was in its earliest stages. So yeah, I'm going to buy that and get the audiobook as soon as possible. Ethereum tokens are more than 20% of the Ethereum market cap, which is just crazy. And I don't think it's anywhere close where it could be in the next five years or 10 years. I don't think a 1 trillion US dollar market cap is out of reach in the next five years. Definitely not in the next 10 years. So yeah, the, the total Ethereum tokens running on Ethereum is at 33.6 billion US dollars. And the whole charge has been led by DeFi with massive growth among all the different sectors. This is the second quarter 2020 DeFi sector returns report by Misari. Usage and attention has surged around DeFi leading to substantial token appreciation. And if you've been holding a few Ethereum DeFi related tokens, then I'm sure you've noticed the massive gains and decentralized exchange is leading the charge. Xerix with 125.5%, Kyber Network, uh, one of the top five tokens in one of my recent videos with 167% increase and Loop Ring with um, 180%. What is also very interesting is AirSwap with 306%. So I might be making a video on AirSwap soon. Lending also has massive growth, of course, Maker and Ave Lend. Ave has one of the fastest growing platforms around. They just received, I think, 3 million US dollars of VC investments. They managed to um, sell a lot of Lend tokens to uh, VCs which is great and also explains the, the massive increase, probably also due to the fact that they're the one of the only ones that managed to successfully implement flash loans. In the prediction markets and Oracles, they have had a healthy 92% growth. Augur, Gnosis, Chainlink and Band Protocol. I'm pretty sure you know these three ones. If you haven't heard of Band Protocol before, it's actually quite interesting. It's a competitor to Chainlink with a much smaller market cap. I might make a review on Band Protocol soon if that's something that interests you. Now in asset management, my favorite platform, Synthetics with 195% growth, Melon Protocol, Numerare and Polymath. So all pretty good growth. I mean, this growth that we're experiencing in DeFi 
space is definitely nothing to joke about. It's, it's, it's really mind blowing how fast the whole space is growing. People might think it's a bubble. It might be, but I don't think it's gonna stop here. And uh, yeah, we're definitely getting spoiled with these um, return on investments just for the, the second quarter of this year. So to be honest, I really have no idea how it's gonna perform in the third and the fourth quarter. It's probably gonna, my estimation is gonna 5X from the current prices. So I believe the amount of tokens locked up in DeFi, I think at the moment is at 2.5 billion. And my prediction at the end of the year, is probably gonna be at, I would say like 10 billion. 10 billion locked up on the 30th of December, 2020. Let's see if my prediction actually uh, comes through. So now users can vote on KyberDAO, the decentralized autonomous organization of Kyber networks. Users can vote on protocol changes. If you're not aware of it, Kyber network has implemented Catalyst and Epoch One has begun and the first KyberDAO proposal is live on Kyber.org. This is the first time Kyber network token holders can cast an on-chain vote on protocol decisions via the Kyber DAO. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit about why this is extremely important that all DeFi applications find a way to implement uh, one type of decentralized autonomous organizations, but more on that at the end of the video. So since our launch just seven days ago, over 3,400 unique addresses have staked 56 million Kyber network tokens, KNT tokens, are valued at 80 million US dollars uh, on the Kyber DAO platform, representing about 24% of the total KNC supply. So it's fantastic. Now, if you've, you are holding, if you are holding tokens, you only be able to vote on the first epoch. So if you start staking, you have to wait until the first epoch, which ends in two weeks on the 28th of July, just as a small note. Kraken lists free DeFi tokens, Compound Comp, the token that lets users vote on protocol changes on the Compound Finance DeFi platform, Kava and Kyber Network. So I think it's great that they're adding even more DeFi tokens on the platform, allowing users to enter the DeFi space. There's a recent report that I think is very interesting talking about the big four firms to become a crucial part of the DeFi ecosystem by 2030. And I think this 2030 is highly exaggerated. In my opinion, it's gonna be much sooner than that. I, I'd, I'd estimate 2025 at the latest, they're gonna be a big part of the DeFi ecosystem. In their view, the DeFi ecosystem will be a trillion dollar industry and provide income for thousands of gamer streamers, influencers, and just normal retail investors by 2030. Like I said, I think that is highly conservative number. I'm talking about both the numbers, the 2030 number, in my opinion, 20, at the, at the rate that DeFi is growing 2025, I wouldn't be uh, surprised if we have a multi-trillion US dollar market cap for the whole DeFi sector. And yeah, so 2025 and multi-trillion US dollar market cap. And the big four, KPMG, EY, Deloitte, and P2 
PVC will be a crucial part of the DeFi ecosystem in the years to come. So if you're not aware of what they actually do, they do financial audit and many other types of audits, including also consulting work for many different companies. And these companies here, these big four companies are massive. I think each company has around 300,000 employees and they've got so many different clients. So if they are on board and they're auditing and starting to develop solutions to audit, maybe DeFi platforms, there are less risks. Yeah, it just is, it increases the network effect, especially because people gain more trust in the whole DeFi space. And there's definitely one of the biggest risks at the moment in DeFi is that someone could just lose all of their funds due to a faulty smart contract. They send their money to maybe a wrong address whatever reason their funds maybe get stolen so that is definitely one of the biggest weaknesses at the moment for DeFi, losing all of your funds and the complexity involved in interacting with much of the DeFi ecosystem yeah of course the complexity is also something that has to be addressed you have to imagine we are now 1991 at the beginning stages of the internet i remember how complicated it was to connect to the internet back then if you go even back further, 1985 or something like that, it's probably going to be even harder to connect to the internet. You have to go through so many different steps. And that's the same thing now with the cryptocurrency space. You're going to have to have a hardware wallet. You're going to have to connect to exchange, understand this DeFi application or that DeFi application. You have to know the ins and outs of of, of how to trade and store coins. And it's definitely not something easy for new people in this space. So reducing this barrier to entry is definitely something important and has to be tackled. And I think this has been done with more and more Ethereum wallets being developed that are much easier to use, the Trust Wallet, the Argent Wallet, that allow users to log into platforms with just a tap of a button without having to do any complicated sign up process and so on. So I think we're going in the right direction, but it's definitely going to take a lot more simplification in order for more people to join the space. So yeah, definitely um, bullish news. And I'm very happy that yeah, bigger, bigger companies, auditing companies are also talking about DeFi. So it's not just a gimmick. It's definitely something that's come here and uh, to stay for the long run. Now, the last point I'd like to make, and I, I, I mentioned it before when I was talking about decentralized autonomous organizations, and that is regulators. And I'll, I'll also explain why decentralized autonomous organizations are super important. Regulators will crush DeFi unless it becomes truly decentralized. I mean, it's if we just start with Bitcoin, try and call the Bitcoin CEO or the Bitcoin company and stop it. You can't. There's no one person that is responsible for it. Now it's the same thing with DeFi. You've got many different companies that are starting to tread on many different toes and people are not really happy about it. So US regulators are starting to look very closely to many different platforms offering synthetics, um, swaps, derivatives, and so on. And I think only if a cryptocurrency or decentralized finance platform is truly decentralized, will they manage to escape the regulator's grasp. So one 
Takeaway is Abra was conducting synthetic swaps, drawing the attention of US regulators. DeFi protocols need to decentralize their governance mechanisms and only two DeFi protocols with more than 100 millions of dollars of locked up liquidated have migrated major regulatory risks. So the, the main gist of what the regulators are doing and they're making these platforms pay fees because they're not following the SEC rules and CFTC for offering and selling security-based swaps to retail investors without registration and failing to transact those swaps on a registered national exchange. So I feel, I, I really feel extremely sorry for all my US viewers that you have to fight against such a system that prevents technology from uh, flourishing in your country. It's definitely a sad thing to see. Now, what DeFi platforms need to do, I mean, some, they're going the, the, the political way and they're just banning US users from using the platform. One example is DYDX. They don't allow US users, US citizens to join the platform to trade on, on the decentralized exchange. That's one way to go. Another way to go is to implement a decentralized autonomous organization governance style because that means that no one can just stop the platform it's completely decentralized the users are in control of the platform else it doesn't have it's not located in one country it's completely decentralized at the moment the biggest problem is that code changes can only be done with the admin key and i think a truly decentralized autonomous organization will be able to also implement code changes through votes. At the moment, many different DeFi apps have got something that's called an admin key and that allows a, a group of people or a, a member of the team to implement code changes. And this is definitely not good because that person can be targeted. That admin key can be stolen, which would be detrimental for the platform. Now there's one platform that I've already covered before. And if that's quite interesting, what they did is that they destroyed the admin key. Uh, the, the platform is called Tornado Cash. It allows users to send funds from one Ethereum wallet to another Ethereum wallet, completely anonymous. I made a tutorial on it. I'll link it somewhere here if you're interested in that. And the great thing about uh, Tornado Cash is that they destroyed the admin key. The, the, it's completely decentralized. No one can stop the platform. The only disadvantage with, with uh, Tornado Cash is that they cannot implement any new protocol changes. So they didn't implement a DAO. It's just completely decentralized. No one can touch it. So it's one way to, to go about the situation. For protocols like Synthetics, the risks of the SEC coming to bite them is much higher. Synthetics, listic Synthetics variants of Japan's Nikkei Index and UK's FTSE 100 on its exchange. For obvious reasons, they left out the SAP 500, which again, I think it's a shame that it has to go this way, but they have to do that in order not to step on the SEC's toes and make them uh, unhappy regulators. So yeah, I'm looking forward to when uh, Synthetix is moving forward with a decentralized autonomous organization and they want to implement a protocol um, DAO, which will allow users to vote on protocol changes and code changes um, on the platform, which is fantastic. So that was it for today's video. 
quite interesting how the space has been developing. I've got a few videos coming up. I'm sure you'll find interesting. And with that said, I wish you a fantastic day. Stay safe in the crypto wild west. Don't fall into one of these scams. Be smart with your money. And yeah, I'll catch you in the next video. Have a good one. Bye-bye.